Hello there and thanks for joining us uh, here on the Pulse on the Joy News uh, channel. Coming up in the next one and a half uh, hours, we'll talk about the Queen as she is back. The former Gender Minister Sarah Joseph was speaking exclusively uh, to us again as she apologizes to President Akufado for the controversy she sparked uh, when she abandoned her job as Minister and MP. A rewind here on the pulse talking about the Commander Sugar Factory and government's plan to industrialize. What's happened to that over the years? We'll revisit the conversation as we rewind here on the pulse. And the Electoral Commission is also uh, proceeding with its uh, limited registration exercise. How is the exercise faring? Three days after commencement, as also lawyers for one of the aggrieved prospective voters, is leading that charge to halt the process by using the courts. We'll explain to you very shortly why. The voice, as always, is brought to you by Lua Communities, Digni Lua for Double Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on Facebook, YouTube, and also at myjoyonline.com. I am blessed to you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Joy News is independent, fearless, and credible. Welcome to the polls. And thanks for joining us here on The Pulse. Uh, lawyers for the 18-year-old Precious Aita uh, have uh, all failed uh, again for the third time in an attempt to serve the Electoral Commission. Now, according to lawyers, two previous attempts have failed because no EC commissioner has agreed to meet them uh, and also to receive the application from the court. Well, uh, the third attempt has been made today, and my colleague James Kosiavetri has uh, been at the EC headquarters monitoring the uh, ensuing moments when, of course, uh, the lawyers attempted yet again to reach out to the commissioners. We've been here for almost 30 minutes now. Uh, together, we came to meet the lawyer for the, plaint uh, the applicant as well as the bailiff. And in our interaction with them, they made us know that they've been here on uh, Tuesday as well as yesterday, Wednesday, in an attempt to serve that contempt application on them. Uh, but nothing came out of that. And so the third attempt is today. And uh, uh, the lawyer for uh, the, plain, uh, the applicant is here with me. And so uh, for the 30 minutes, he himself as well as the bailiff have been having some interactions with the uh, police personnel at post here and uh, uh, some uh, persons who were going in and out of the EC premises. Uh, the lawyer uh, joins me to tell us more on what they've been picking uh, from the security as well as those who've been going in and out of the EC premises and a bit more on that. And so uh, thank you, Council, for joining us. Uh, I've seen you interact with the police and uh, other persons. Uh, what have they been telling you? Um, so far, the message has been simple, that we have to 
they can nobody is allowed to come in or out of they don't they're not admitting anybody into the EC's premises. That is the message we've been getting. And they've they've told us that if we want to serve anybody we have to call the person personally for the person to either come out to come and receive the process. So that is the information that we've been given. We've tried as much as possible to uh, pull strings together so that, because the people that we are serving, we are serving um, the EC chairperson herself, Dr. Um, Bosman, and then one Mr. Samotete. Those are the people, that, and it is hard to reach them. So if, they, if, they, if we're given access at least, the bailiff could have gone inside to attempt service. What was the reason for not allowing to into the premises? They didn't offer any reason per se. I think uh, the reason is instructions from above. Nobody is allowed to enter or move out of the premises. So we've been denied access once again. What that means is that you would have to wait a bit longer to see if you can get access or if you see any of the EC officials, you would attempt to serve them the application. Like I said, we are trying to pull our strings and see if we can be able to effect service today. So we'll try our best to effect service today. What does all of this mean to your application? Oh, um, it's a contempt application and... The, the law on contempt application is that it has to be served personally on the respondent who is affected by the contempt application. However, if a bailiff attempts service for more than three times and the bailiff is not able to serve the, a, partic a particular court process, we are allowed, the applicants are allowed to apply to the court for the process to be served through substitute service. So if... What, what does that mean? Substitute service me, generally means that any means other than personal service. So the court can, can order that we paste the contempt application on the notice of the high court tema and then paste a copy on their, uh, on their notice board or serve any person that we meet here, any official of the ET that we meet here because we've been trying more than three times and it is now becoming practically impossible to serve the, the, the respondents to this contempt application. So if this is, if um, upon several attempts to effect personal service, we are still unsuccessful, then our only option would be to apply for subject service okay. of the contempt application. Would that, if the court grants you that and you go ahead to do that, would that allow the court to go ahead to hear the substantive issue even in the absence of the EC? Yes. So, uh, um, uh, substitute service is also deemed mm. as service. Okay. So, you can be served personally. So, um, in the case of this particular application, the contempt application, the law is that the EC has to be served personally. Okay. But if upon three or more attempts to effect personal service, it is the, the EC is, excuse my language, evading mm. or it is becoming impracticable or to cause unnecessary delay, mm. Then the law allows the applicants to come to court to apply for subtest service of that particular process that the applicant is seeking to serve. If that is granted and go, we um, we 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 effect the service through the the mode of service granted by the court. It is as good as personal service. Okay. And then we can go ahead. Okay. So how is your client taking all of this uh, back and forth? How is she taking this? It is a very trying moment for her, but uh, she's in good spirits. 
we are just encouraging it uh, because nobody should be deprived of their, their rights to be um, um, to vote or their rights to be enlisted onto the electoral roll. It is just unfortunate that we are here. But okay, I, I want you to use the opportunity to give us a bit of education on all of this. We know that the original issue that went to court. Part of it is about an injunction on the exercise, which shouldn't have been happening. What are the other uh, uh, issues raised in your suit? Okay, so we have an originating motion before the court. Our applicant has, our client has filed a human rights application before the Tema High Court. The, the, the government of our application is basically that the manner in which the EC is seeking to rule out the limited registration, limited voter registration exercise will put heavy fetters or impediments in our, in our client's rights to be um, um, enrolled onto the electoral register. That is the government of our case. So um, I can give you an example. So if, you, if a judgment has been entered against you and you apply to, let's say, the high court for um, a stay of execution and the high court can grant the application for stay of execution. However, it can grant it on such honor stems that that grant, that grant is deemed as a non-grant. It's as if it has not been granted. Even though in form it has been granted, because of the conditions attached, it becomes in substance like a refusal. So you are entitled to refuse. So we are not saying that the EC does not have the right to uh, compile a register or do limited registration. We are saying that the manner in which the EC is conducting itself, conducting the uh, voter um, registration process puts heavy fetters and fet impediments in the right of a lot of people okay. and they can't go ahead they are practically so practically you are denying them of their rights to be uh, uh, registered. Uh, registered onto the electoral roll. Okay. So that is why we are in court so when we filed the originating motion we filed an injunction application as well okay. so the application injunction application was served on the EC however Despite being served with application, they decided to go ahead. And mind you, um, if, I would cast, if we would cast our mind back on around May of this year, when the NDC, they were doing their presidential and, um, um, I think, parliamentary primaries, uh, Dr. Dufour Dr. went to court concerning the voters, the voters register. And they was able to secure an injunction application. So it was, no, he, was, he, he filed an injunction application, same was served on the EC. The EC restrained her hand. The EC restrained her hand and, and told everybody that they can't go ahead because they can be cited for contempt. Okay. So why the double standard in this, in, this particular in this particular case? So that is why we filed for contempt. And we are just seeking to serve the contempt application. Which, uh, so far is failing. So what it means is that if by close of today, you are not able to serve tomorrow, we should expect you back in court to, to, to get that. But uh, uh, if you are not able to serve by close of day, would would advise our clients and we'll take the necessary steps. Yes. By the way, has she been able to register yet? She she's she's not been able to register. She's not been able to she can't register. She can't the distance between where she resides and the closest um, district office is over 40 kilometers. Okay. It is practically impossible for. And the question is, although the distance, she's been able to come and file a case in Tema. No, so we have. This is a pro bono case. Okay. So. Um, 
our firm and a team of lawyers are helping people like that out. Okay. <laughs> so we are helping those who are disenfranchised, who feel um, um, aggrieved by the, the, the decision of the NTC. That is basically... Okay. Uh, yeah. We wish you all the best, and that's uh, counsel uh, for uh, the uh, uh, applicant, uh, Precious Aita, uh, on their third attempt to serve uh, the contempt application on the Electoral Commission. We'll wait uh, till the end of day to see what comes out of that. Reporting for Joy News, my name is James Aveji from the ET headquarters. Well, uh, James Avedji continues to monitor the exercise uh, for us. Uh, but who's this individual actually uh, aggrieved about the process and what are her demands uh, from the Electoral Commission? Uh, James is back in studio with us. And, uh, and James, quite a very hectic day it has been for lawyers of uh, this very young lady who we understand is a prospective voters, uh, voter. Tell us about, first of all, uh, who she is, what her challenge is, and what she's seeking from the Electoral Commission through the courts. Okay, so the applicant in the document, the uh, application she filed in court, is Precious Aita. Uh, she's 18 years old, and the document reveals that she hails from Afienya. And so, uh, from Afienya... So, Afienya, th this should be the Greater Accra region. In the Greater yeah, Accra region. Mm -hmm. And uh, she came to file uh, her case in Tema, uh, High Court in Tema. And so, two things she's seeking. One is an injunction on the process that started on Tuesday, that injunction, uh, I'm told from the lawyers, that immediately that is filed, it prevents the EC from going ahead uh, to do that. And then the substantive case will be heard later. And so those two things she's seeking that, uh, actually a human rights issue that the uh, uh, proximity we've been all be talking about, that the state and form in which the EC wants to continue with, do the registration process, if should that uh, continue, she, as an individual, will not be able to partake in that. And so her constitutional right to get onto the voters' register and exercise her a constitutional right on a voting day will be breached by the EC. That is a substantive issue which uh, would have been gone into uh, later. Should yeah, this except for this challenge that the lawyers have about reaching uh, the EC or their commissioners. Uh, but... but you know, it bits my imagination. How is this young girl able um, to file a case um, in the courts, Tema, right? Mm -hmm. Move from Afienia all the way to Tema to file this process. Yeah. And, of course, on, on another hand, she's complaining that, well, I can't go to my district exactly. office. That, that, it's a question that's come exactly. up. Exactly. That was my point of interest yeah. when mm -hmm. I throw that to uh, the member of the legal team. Mm -hmm. And so from his response, he says that this is a pro bono case, which would have meant that even her transportation from Afenia to Tema is taken care of by the lawyers because she says that she doesn't have the resources to do that. And so her transportation... So, so they're doing this free of charge of this free of without charge, any charge at all. Which yes. would include mm -hmm. her transportation from Afenia to Tema, uh, the court to do uh, what she has done. And mm -hmm. if she has to appear in court herself, would mean that the lawyers will have to take charge of that as well. Uh, the Electoral Commission and the deafening silence as to why, you know, we simply don't have any response uh, from them on this matter. 
Is it the case that nobody's in the building as we speak, or it might be the case that, yes, there are people working in, but the security officers do not feel it's the right time to go in? What's the explanation really to that? Okay, so let me start by painting a picture for mm. you how things pan out yeah. today. We know that they've been there on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, when they went, they actually called uh, the deputy commissioner of the EC, Dr. Mm-hmm. Sribo, Okay. and then they tell us that the response they had from Dr. Sribo is that they, the commissioners, are in a meeting, and so they should go and come back on Tuesday, right. which was uh, Wednesday, which was yesterday. They went back on Wednesday. They tried reaching them. They couldn't reach anybody. And so uh, when they inquired from the security on duty, they were told that nobody is in the premises. Everybody has gone on field to monitor the uh, uh, registration process. And so there was no one in to serve. And so they left, and then they came back today. Now, today, when we got, we got there before the team actually got there. And so we walked to them. We spoke to the uh, lawyer on why they were there. They told us why they were there. And then... We, escort, we worked with the lawyer and the bailiff to meet the police on duty. Now, the initial interaction, in fact, when we were getting closer to them, I got a signal from one of the security persons as to why I was approaching them. I told him that I was coming with uh, uh, the two gentlemen, but he signaled me to halt. And so when the lawyer and the bailiff interacted with them, they came back, and then they gave us the feedback that this is what transpired. And in my presence... They try calling uh, the uh, EC commissioners in my presence. The phone goes through, goes through and nothing happens. And then I asked the bailiff, he himself, what has he been told? He, he told me, in fact, there was a woman walking into the premises. So he walked and approached him and then talked to him. He said, uh, she doesn't work there. And so for today, one police officer says that there is nobody in there, so they cannot... That, that is the claim, right? That, 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 is that the there's claim. no one in the in EC, EC building. And so they cannot access. And mm-hmm. then another police officer, uh, while we were about leaving, the guy approached him again. Uh, sorry, the uh, lawyer and the bailiff approached him again. And then he says that the order from above is that nobody should have access into the EC premises. That is what... Uh, uh, That's an interesting uh, point there. No one in the building uh, suggesting that perhaps no EC official is in the building working today. Mm-hmm. But that will also, uh, could also, I should say, uh, point to the fact that some of these officials are out there monitoring the limited voter registration exercise. Exactly. And you've been monitoring that exercise as well. Day one, some concerns emerging. Um, is it similar to, for instance, what, what the case Prisla uh, is putting out there? Exactly. So day one, when I went to the Ridge office, which is the old EC uh, coincidentally, the old EC headquarters, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, premises housed five different districts, mm-hmm. so the four Ayawasu assemblies, and then the Plote uh, 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 Kole constu- uh, assembly as well. Yeah. And so those five were there. Now, in my interaction with um, uh, the number of persons I have interacted with, the registrants, all of them tells me that they were actually assisted to come to the premises to come and register either an initiative by the assembly member of where they are coming from or uh, either of the political heads, which would be the, uh, the member of parliament for the area, as well as John Dumelo, who is the NDC uh, parliamentary candidate. And this for, is largely because many of them are unable to provide the transport. Are unable to get the transportation okay. to, to come to there. there. And, mm-hmm. and the two of them, yeah. uh, uh, John Dumelo and uh, the MP, actually confirmed to me that mm-hmm. this is what they are doing. And the MP actually stressed that 
because there are seven universities in her constituency and members of uh, those universities are quite scattered across the country. She has actually arranged for transportation for them to come in. So had it not been the uh, assembly member or the two MPs, most of them so, uh, you wouldn't mean the, have the, the, the MP and the, uh, and aspirant, the uh, yes. aspirant should be uh, in, uh, in contest. They would not wouldn't have, have be the able to, yeah. to come there so, to come and register. Okay, let's talk about tomorrow. Let's wrap up mm -hmm. with tomorrow. What, what are we expecting um, from the lawyers of this young lady? So uh, the explanation is that they needed to exhaust three days of personal attempt to serve this on the, uh, EC. the, the EC officials. After that, they would have to go back to court and secure an order of uh, a substitute service, if mm -hmm. I get that yeah, right. right. Mm -hmm. And so that would mean that from tomorrow, if they go to the court and the court grants that, uh, they, could, they will paste that in the premises of the court and then come to the EC and paste the uh, contempt order, uh, contempt application notice on their walls as well, which would mean that they have duly served them, although they haven't seen them in person. And so from there, then the court can go ahead and hear the substantive issue. I am also told that part of if that should be, issue should be exaggerated, either or any of the EC officials who have been cited in the case could be arrested mm. or uh, if it's escalated further could fail, face some level of jail terms as well. And so from tomorrow, it will be escalated a bit further, no longer looking for them. They'll go for the order of substitute and then the case proceeds from there. Okay, grateful. James Ovechi, uh, monitoring uh, developments uh, for us. Yeah, on the polls. Uh, and what we do know is that it was set up in the 1960s to actually supply uh, the country's uh, sugar needs uh, and also to provide jobs uh, in that process. That vision uh, by our first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, uh, to set up the Commander Sugar Factory uh, actually uh, proved to be a uh, game changer over time. The business uh, weekend uh, when Ghanaians uh, started consuming imported sugar. Uh, since then, uh, there have been attempts by the National Democratic Congress and the New Patriotic Party administration uh, to revive that same firm. But the result, as we know, a sad reality of failure, while thousands, if not, uh, of course, millions of people uh, who could uh, have been employed uh, there while in poverty. Uh, this afternoon, we are actually rewinding our advocacy for its uh, revival. And what will it take to bring back the Commander Sugar Factory is the question uh, we are asking, uh, which is now, of course, uh, uh, been left in that state to rot. Before we get there, though, and before we get into the conversation, here's a you know, a background to all of this in terms of the uh, factory itself and how it has fared over the years. So we give you excerpts of what you see, um, of course, uh, in that Joy News research, pointing out, uh, you know, the play of politics, first of all, and what the options are and the chances uh, for the Commander Sugar Factory. So we start off with issues relating to the uh, year, uh, the attempt was made to revamp it. We know that some $36.5 uh, million dollars in terms of loan uh, from the Indian Exim was actually poured into that project. Additional $24.5 million from the Indian Exim, uh, also credited facility, uh, made available for the fund in 2017. Uh, then in 2020, some $28 million invested uh, from the Park Agrotech Gun Limited, uh, trying as much as possible to complement the uh, project, all of that, uh, you know, come to the, you know, the 
extensive attempts that were made since 2016 to try and revamp the company. The expected number of jobs created uh, to be created, actually, uh, if the co company were to be fully functional, uh, would have been 7,300 jobs, uh, with the production capacity somewhere ranging over a little over 1,200 tons of sugar, uh, as we know it to be the capacity of the Comenda Sugar Factory. But all of that has been a challenge now. And President Akufado has been commenting on the status of the project, indicating that the approach used by the SWAL, John Mahama administration in establishing the factory, um, goes against any form of viable business practice. And, and quote, he says that the approach is akin to building a house starting from the roof. That's how the president described the project. And since then, attempts have been made. Uh, the project, um, uh, of course, as the president would indicate, that the entire project was uh, overvalued. However, government would not look for more funds to go to waste on that. And so that's why we're where we are today with the challenges that uh, is confronting uh, the project as we speak. But for John Romani Mahama, uh, he, he doesn't seem to be taking that lightly. Uh, of course, the play of politics has come into this. He's also responded, indicating that he's not uh, foolish to set up a factory and have no plan or provision of raw materials at all. And the reason for which he believes that the current government is simply abandoning the project, uh, which uh, doesn't form part of its priorities. And uh, part of the reason for which the NDC disagrees, uh, he points out, first of all, to the fact that um, the project is part of that uh, grand plan that we indicated earlier, with a, a package of $24 million from the Indian government, and that the current government, however, failed to apply for that funding uh, to make that project viable, a reason for which um, we're where we are today. Uh, so these are some uh, of the concerns raised by the NDC administration as opposed to what it is that the uh, president uh, has said about the project is the reason for which uh, we're having uh, the conversation today. But first, though, a recap of this project that we've been talking about, the Commander Sugar Factory. It's a $36.5 million factory. This factory was revamped in 2016. The then president, John Romani Mahama, outlined the reasons for the establishment of the factory when he laid a foundation stone to commence the construction in 2014. The factory was subsequently completed and commissioned in 2016 amidst fanfare. But was shut down two weeks thereafter. The shutdown of the factory dashed the hopes of many. The inactivity at the factory continued for six months before a new government, the Nana Kufado-led government, took over the reins of power. Residents were anxious to see the factory operationalized so that the promises that were made would be kept. So this is the Commander Sugar Factory. It is not it old self again. It's been painted inside of the factory. A lot of works are being done. They are fixing the boat and nuts. You could see day and night workers here working vigorously to put the factory back in shape. In and around the factory, some farmers have begun preparing a nursery on some six-acre land around the factory. Residents of Kisi, Commander, and its environs, who even though have seen some major works at the factory, are unconvinced that the current development and arrangements are for real and sustainable. Uh, last two months, when we heard 
the president that last April, which has come, he will come and commission the sugar party and they will start the operation. We all became happy. But since then, April has gone. We haven't heard anything about it. So we are worried. Isaac Kweku, another sugarcane farmer here, says he's seen the works being done at the factory, but his concern is with the raw materials to feed the factory. I show you now you do so as it stands where will this factory get its raw materials a member of the board of the new commander sugar factory and Municipal Chief Executive for the Commander Edna Eguafo Ebrim Municipality. Solomon Eguapia says they would rely on the farmers and also import and refine sugar and refine it at the factory. The moment we've um, kind of engaged the local farmers around to give us the sugar that that growers, they've given us a substantial amount of sugar to uh, on 20th, perhaps we could start a test run of the production of the sugar of this month. So what it does mean is that it is not enough. So as we said, we've procured uh, large tracts of land from Winneber and Enclave, such as Omoase, we have 22,500 acres of land, and the Shama Enclave and Commander for the cultivation of sugar. We are importing raw sugar from abroad. The raw sugar means that it is not in consumable states. What does that mean? That we have to refine it. What we are doing, we are doing it concurrently. Look how the little that we are having and that of them. So the presumption is that after one or two or three years, what does that mean is um, at that time we planted the sugar cane, everything is ready and we stop importing. And we'll be relying solely on the raw material from our local well, base. Even though the factory is yet to be operationalized, some residents of Commander have begun boosting their resources. Grace and her colleagues believe they would have made much to support their families if the factory was working as they promised them. <laughs> The situation here has made many of the youth travel out of the communities to neighboring countries to look for greener pastures. Reporting for Joy News, Richard Kujenya Akon, Cape Coast.
And thanks for staying with us. Uh, joining us now is Ransford uh, Vani, uh, who is a former board uh, secretary for uh, the Comenda Sugar Factory, joining us uh, for a brief conversation on this. We've seen uh, the reports for ourselves, uh, and we're just wondering, of course, uh, where did we go wrong, and how can we revamp this factory, which is crucial for you know, boosting economic growth within the area uh, that it is situated for the central region, uh, I mean, people of the central region. When you look back at, at the original plan and where we aim to go with that factory, are you disappointed based on what you're saying today? Yeah. Uh, let, let me say good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your cherished viewers. Uh, it's very, very disappointing. You know, this factory is very viable. And looking at its viability, I don't think any government that has a nation at heart to let it sit idle whilst we import millions of dollars uh, sugar into this country per annum. Over four or $500 million per annum sugar yeah. importation. And it affects the local economy of this, uh, of this country. Yeah. So I am very disappointed. I'm very passionate about this community sugar factory because I know how it will help solve the, uh, minimize the importation of sugar. But it seems the government of the day is not willing. No, it, it, the government lacks the political will to operationalize the factory. I was just putting it on the screen the earlier the, the position of the president on this, indicating that the project is as though um, we started from the wrong place, uh, building the roof even before the foundation of the project. Uh, is the Commander Sugar Factory uh, not a case of you know, a business gone wrong? The, uh, I think the president made this assertion yeah. in October 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm where I, I was wondering somebody who read economics at the University of Ghana right. doesn't understand the backward integration approach in setting up a factory. It's not always that we go into the forward integration. In sugar production, we do what is known as backward integration. Mm-hmm. So you don't grow the raw material before you put up the factory. Everywhere in this world, sugar factories are built. The factories are built before the plantation because sugarcane is a perishable crop. So, for instance, if we had grew all the sugar canes before we built the factory, which milling plants would mill those uh, uh, canes that would be uh, developed before the factory? And you know what the president was saying. Maybe the president doesn't, is uninformed because 2004, former President Kofor promised the people of Commenda that he's going to build a factory at Commenda so people started going to the cultivation of sugarcane. They cultivated sugarcanes. Some went for loans and others to grow the sugarcanes. If you remember, Ambo Kennedy in Japan once accused the people of Komenda of destroying some farms that he developed, the sugarcane farms. Meanwhile, there was no uh, sugar factory. So why, where were they selling those factories to? You know what? All the canes available at the time, they sell it to Apeteshi distillers. That's what they're doing now. Yes, that's what they've been doing okay, over the years. after the Kwame Nkrumah sugar factory right. collapsed. So if you grow before, what are you, which melon plant is going to do? So, so under John Dramani Mahama, you have to put up the factory there. It gives hope to the farmers that now there's ready markets. Mm-hmm. So if they cultivate more uh, of the crops, okay. at least the market is ready for them. Okay. So it gives them hope. That's something that I've been so, done. So, right. President saying that it's starting on wrong note. Mm. Uh, you, don't, you don't agree. He, with that. He, yes, he doesn't because, you know, go to everywhere in this country. The factory whether needs Brazil, to come to Whether Brazil or uh, India. Okay. It's it built before. Before. So even Mauritius here in Africa. Oh, right. 
And that's what you're calling the, the backward integration. Yeah. Uh, the MP for the area, uh, Samuel Chambers, is also uh, joining uh, us. Uh, thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, clearly, uh, a former board member of the, of the committee, um, I mean, of the Commander Sugar Factory, not happy, happy about what the status of, of the firm is now. It's almost as though it's non-existent. Um, as MP for the area, how do you plan to, you know, bring back the discourse, at least in Parliament, and to get uh, government to dedicate and focus its attention on, on the project? Thank you very much, and then greetings to everybody, including my brother Vinny out there. It's a disgrace that this NPP government, led by uh, President Nana Adedankwa Akufuadu, to neglect this sugar factory. It is all a case of politics. Just because they were not the ones who started it, they do not want to operationalize this. This Commander Sugar Factory was dreamt about a long time ago, during the time of Professor John Evans Atta Mills. We knew very well there was an old sugar factory close to the ocean, and now this one is a much stronger um, uh, machine, much stronger factory, and it's away from the ocean. This would have provided so many jobs, 7,000 direct and indirect jobs over there. Look at the number of people that would take off uh, unemployment. It is a disgrace. It's just that they don't want to operationalize it just because they didn't start it. That is the problem. I've gone to Minister of Trade several times. Honorable Alan Tramante was there. He would tell you. I went there several times to try and find a way that we could operationalize this. And some time ago, they brought in this guy, paraded him around as, an, as a strategic investor, which they knew very well that he didn't have the capacity to operate the sugar factory. Now they brought somebody else, who also I know, who is capable of operationalizing this. But they need to give him some money. He has done a lot of repairs over there. They need to give him some money. They do not want to give him the money. Uh, and, which company, new, and which company is this? Um, the, the latest company, um, I really, uh, the name what, has escaped what, me. Watco. But Watco. I know that... Uh, what, Watco, he says. Vani says Watco. West of Agrotech. Agrotech? Agrotech. Yeah, right. West, yes. West oh, right, okay. Yeah, that is a new one out there. <clears throat> now, would you believe that the new Minister for Trade said in Parliament that this Commander Sugar Factory has been an arbitrage on the neck of this government? What a disgrace. Now, people of KE Commander Edna Eguafuabrem, the people of Central Region, the people of Ghana, needs to know that here is a government. You wait 2024, they will come around and give us all kinds of promises. But the, here is a factory that could be providing jobs. Come to Commander. I will take you to Commander. Commander is now a ghost town. Most of the youth, most of the hardworking people have traveled outside the country. You go there, it's grandmothers who are taking care of some of the grandkids. It's because there are no jobs. These people could be providing, uh, could be uh, 
this factory could have provided jobs, we could have produced sugar, that would have cut down on our expenditure, I mean, our usage of foreign exchange to import the, this sugar. My goodness. Do you know the byproducts that this sugar factory can provide for us? It is just a share of wickedness. It's just a case of them not wanting to do anything. They do not care about us. They were talking about one district, one yeah. factory. We have one, we have one district, two factories, fish processing plant, which they have also neglected. But the main thing coming sugar factory. They claim we didn't plant sugar cane before the factory. Anybody who knows anything about sugar or farming knows that sugar canes take about six months to about eight months to mature. Now, the factory was uh, uh, finished ahead of schedule. Once the sugar passes six months or eight months, the sugar content keeps on reducing. So why plant the sugar cane two, three years ahead of time? That sugar cane will be nothing. What happened to the $25 million um, facility that the NDC government got before we were asked to go home? I'm so passionate about yeah. this. Mm. It's a disgrace to this government. But I see. Uh, but and it will always be an albatross on their neck. And, and on that note, are you willing to make yet another attempt, at least just to um, make that case before the president, make that case to the uh, sector minister, to try and relook at the project just one more time? It's a waste of time to go to this government. We pray that 2024, December, Ghanaians, and especially those in central region, we are going to vote for NDC to come to power 2025. And I assure you, when we come to uh, when we come to office, within a few months, we will operationalize Commander Sugar Factory. Yeah, this government, I'm asking that I'm asking I'm asking the question because 2024 is too long a time for us to leave the strategic project to rot away. At least you'd want your people to stay, to have some jobs to do. Yes, but the government in power has neglected to do anything. The number of appeals that we've made, the number of questions that we've asked the Minister of Trade, they always give us mumbo-jumbo answers. Go to the ministry and talk to the officials at the ministry behind closed doors. And they will give you the reason. There is no political will to operationalize this sugar factory. The minister himself has said this has become an albatross. They're not going to operationalize it because they feel they are not going to get any credit. The same way that other projects started by other governments ahead of them, they can be neglected. They are not interested in Ghanaians. Maybe they are only interested in pulling boxes from underneath their beds, and then it turns into euros and dollars. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, Vani, what you're also thinking in studio now, listening to the MP for the area. It appears that nothing can be done at this moment. Uh, do, do you have any other recommendations? At the time when you are on the board, what, what were some of the recommendations at least to 
um, get more and more private um, membership and, and support for this project. See, this uh, project uh, was a fully government of Ghana project, mm-hmm. 100% owned by Ghana. Okay, 100% ownership. Yes, 100% okay. owned. So, so no, no, op- like no opportunity for, for the private? No, we, we wanted to flow shares. Okay, at least right. 70% shareholding uh, by private and at government, the time, 30%. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, as we are speaking, it's 100%, 100% owned no. by the government of oh, Ghana. Right. And, you know, we had two trenches of loan. One, that is $35 million for the mm-hmm. sugarcane, uh, the factory itself, okay. $35 million. And the counterpart funding of $1.5 million was provided by EDIF, now Exim Bank of Ghana. Okay. Then we had the second tranche, which was $24.54 million. That is solely for the sugarcane development irrigation system and outgrower scheme. That money we used to support the outgrowers to grow more so that when we go into the peak production, we wouldn't have any problem in terms of the uh, uh, availability of raw materials. And everything was done. The factory was completed. Everything was absolutely done. Mm -hmm. It was left with the sugar cane, uh, money for the sugar cane development. So 2020, uh, 2016, we developed 125-acre nursery plantation, okay. which ought to be transplanted onto 10,000 acres okay. by February 2017. Okay. Then the government changed hands. Now the new government uh, took over because they did not have any plans to operationalize it. They left everything abandoned. And even 2018, they sold the sugar cane on that 125-acre land to Apeteshi distillers because they were not ready to run it. But, you know, if this factory would run, we, the government must back with the political will mm-hmm. because I listened to the uh, the MC. If you listen to the interview, said their interest was to import raw sugar to be refined at Commander. When you say raw sugar, raw sugar is a brown sugar. When you uh, you produce sugar, the first crystallized sugar is brown. So you refine it to make it white. So they are bringing the brown sugar into Commander and refine it. And I, I made a statement that it doesn't make economic sense because this factory was an import substitute factory. It's not there to import sugar to be refined here. It, it happens. You rather enhance the business of the importers. And you know, there are some cartel within the importers who are working hand in hand with the government to ensure that this factory does not run because if it runs, it minimizes their business. Okay. So that is... The whole thing. Yeah, but, but the so, point is, we, we haven't seen, there's no evidence I, 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 as, I am, as of now. But, but you, you are the one telling us. So. Uh, fine, mm-hmm. I'm the one telling you, but I know what is happening mm-hmm. in the industry, and nobody has been able to challenge me. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, in 2018, this factory, you know, MPP has been talking about the unavailability mm-hmm. of raw material, but they sold sugar canes on the, the factory's own farm, 125, mm-hmm. to a company, and I'm... Um, uh, MIM in the Hafo region. Mm-hmm. That is MIM Cashew and Agriculture Products Limited. There's a company, somebody's entity. If I'm lying, they can take me on. And I've been saying this number of times. Nobody has been able to defuse that argument. So how, on what basis or what moral rights do they have to tell us that we do not plan about the raw materials? Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying that all what you need is a raw material, that is it. I see. I need to point out also that we've made attempts to hear from the uh, trade uh, ministry on this matter. For now, no comments, uh, as uh, all the officials are not available readily to comment on the matter. I will get some reactions for you. But Suleiman Yusuf is also a member of uh, the Trade and Industry Committee of Parliament. Uh, he is uh, the deputy ranking member. He's also joining the conversation. Thank you, sir, for your time. Uh, we, we have the MP for the area, Honorable uh, Samuel.
Atamels, who has just spoken to us about, you know, several attempts just to get uh, the ministry to respond and to try and indicate what the future of the project will be. Uh, from your perspective, is there anything else you can trigger, maybe at the committee level, you know, from, from your end as leaders of the committee, to try and get some answers? Because the factory is rotting away. Uh, Suleiman, you see if you can if you can hear me. I'm just asking if if there's anything more you could you could try doing just to help the MP for the area uh, restart the conversation and to try and get government's attention to deal with this. Let me thank you so much and to thank Joy for developing interest in this uh, uh, projects. Before I answer your question, I think it's important to situate our discussion in a manner that people will appreciate the relevance of this uh, factory. The NDC government, under His Excellency, the former president, John Dramani Mahama, in 2016, thereabouts, in fact, 2015, uh, with his cabinet realized that there are some, if you like, commodities that are very essential for us. Unfortunately, these commodities are always imported. And so one of them is... Uh, rice, you have uh, poultry, you have sugar, and also uh, you also have rice. Now, the then government decided that they were going to handle these issues because they form a very high uh, value in terms of our import bill. And so they started approaching them one after the other. I was then working with Ezem Bank, okay, so there was what you call the Brora revitalization program. We also had what you call the rice revitalization program, and then also uh, this sugar factory also came out. And like my brother at the studio told you, uh, some loan was taken from the India SM Bank, and then the Ghana SM Bank, then it was uh, EDIF, also added some money. Again, the Parliament of Ghana had approved about 24.5 uh, million US dollars to take care of uh, the outgrower scheme in order that we are able to produce sugarcane to feed into this factory. In fact, there was a test run that produced about 83 bags of sugar. And this was commissioned by His Excellency, the former president, John Dramani Mahama. Unfortunately, he lost power. And one would have thought that the Nanado government will continue from where he ended. Unfortunately for us, because they didn't want him to take credit, what they decided to do was to allow the project to deteriorate. What they did was to ask that Pricewaterhouse should go in there and do some kind of investigation and to come up with a report. The question I've always asked the minister and the government is, have they been able to implement the document that they themselves commissioned? The, the, the outcome of the uh, investigation. There was a document that spelled out what they should do uh, going forward. They decided to abandon that recommendation and the factory deteriorated. What, what, did, what did that, that document say? That, what did the document say? In fact, one of them was that they should immediately refurbish it because it was rusting. Again, they had told them to continue with a company that the government, then government had uh, contracted to construct, I mean, to, to, to handle the outgrower scheme, uh, they refused. 
And then they decided that they were going to sell it out. At that time, I had brought the Minister of Trade uh, onto the floor of Parliament. And I asked him why he wasn't implementing the recommendations. There was no any answer to it. Deliberately, it was for them to ensure that His Excellency John Dermot Mahama was not credited to the successful project that he had implemented in terms of refurbishing the Commander Sugar Factory and also ensuring that there was provision for enough raw material so we are able to, to, to process. Again, in that document, they were told that, look, immediately, even before you handle the uh, outgrower scheme to get raw material, import so, some kind of uh, sugar uh, in the state we call molasses. Then you can use that one to keep the factory running while you support outgrowers to be able to give us raw material. They refused and decided to sell it out. All of a sudden, we were told that, oh, there's going to be a strategic investor. And that, that strategic investor was taken through all the processes and cabinet had approved him to be the one to take over uh, the factory. Unfortunately, we followed them too. I had asked the minister several questions as to when the uh, strategic investor will start. Fortunately for them, there was COVID. And so quickly, the minister said, oh, because of COVID, in 2020, because of COVID, the strategic investor couldn't take uh, over. That was when he had gone. Um, we'll try and reconnect with you, see Sulemana. But uh, let me find out from the MP for the area, Honorable Samuel uh, Atamels, what, what the way forward will be. You've indicated that the only way out is to uh, kick the government out of power and to bring in the NDC to solve the problem. In the meantime, as MP for the area, what plans do you have knowing that the youth are uh, indeed on the lookout for some other job opportunities. Um, would you want to call on them to pour out onto the streets, at least to demonstrate and register? Macy's one-day sale starts tomorrow with great deals of the day on fall updates, like 40% off outfits for the office that work off the clock too, and 40 to 60% off shoes, handbags, and accessories to finish your look. And get 25 to 40% off your favorite beauty, skincare, and fragrances. Plus, get free shipping with any online purchase of $25 or more at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Their concerns, or you have uh, simply another plan for, for them? Um, they have gone, they have been attempts to go on, on street to demonstrate. But this government has deaf ears. They've decided not to do anything with this factory. So what we are trying to do is trying to encourage people to acquire lands, hoping that we would come to power in 2025 and then we will revive this sugar factory. But for the meantime, up to 2025, it's a long way. That is part of the reason why a lot of the people have left the area. Our fishing that they could do has also gone down. They don't even get premixed for them to go fishing. So I don't know what these people want us to do. And you wait. 2024, they will come to that area and come and campaign. And we'll also tell them what we think about them. You haven't provided us jobs. We have a ready-made factory that you could operationalize 
and he has refused. He has refused to operationalize it. This is really sad. This is really sad. And that should tell you the idea of this government. Now, other people have gone into other cash crops that are not enough. But this sugar factory would have been a very big boost economically for that area. And also for Ghana, for us to save a little bit on um, foreign exchange. Now, what I would suggest, you ask Pricewaterhouse that in October of 2016, they valued this factory at 35 million US dollars. Less than 10 months when NPP government came to office, they valued this sugar factory at $12 million. What kind of accounting is this? Somebody needs to explain to me. I see. Uh, well, the president's uh, comments are coming up sharply. Uh, the fact that uh, he's made some public pronouncements on this. I want us to listen to that uh, and then uh, we'll get some reactions again. Still, some civil works are being done there. Uh, by the end of March, it will be completed. And as I say, say planning, you no know, Indian phone, whatever, by April, production will have begun. Of the sugar factory. Sugar factory, I have some cassia. If you don't sit when you're here, you can't get a car, 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 you can't get a Well, the initial assurances from the president, but that did not work. <laughs> it don't work. You know, the president uh, also made a second um, pronouncement after, within last year. Yeah, yeah. On the 3rd of uh, September last year, mm-hmm. he came to Commander. Okay. And when he came there, mm-hmm. uh, he promised them that by the close of 2022, mm-hmm. he was going to commission the factory in a grand style. 2022 is passed. The, that promise was made exactly a year ago on the 3rd of September. When he went there, they said they had done some uh, test run, so everything is set. You know, uh, Honorable Atamels was talking about certain works that a company, West African Agrotech Company Limited, mm-hmm. uh, what school had done. Right. They did some sandblasting and paintings there. Mm-hmm. No machinery was changed. The machines that were installed during 2014, between 2014 and 2016, are still there. And you know, these machines have lifespan over 50 years. So it has a uh, warranty of 10 years, a 10 years warranty and a 50 years lifespan. And if we do routine maintenance and servicing, the factory would, would be there to produce and have, uh, have the value for money. But because the government of the day, the MPP government does not see the need to operationalize it because somebody may take the credit. Everybody knows that this factory is a dream of President uh, John Mahama and Atamel's presidency, so they have to do something else. That is why I'm saying that we need to be very, uh, very, very critical on this government. And we need to let people understand why the government does not want to run the plant. Because, you know, for the past uh, 
seven years, the money is still there. The $24.54 million, which was to be assessed by 2017 February, that money is still there. So why do you still complain about the availability of raw material, availability of raw material, while the factory is sitting idle? Just recently, the minister, the current minister of trade and industry, Katie Hammond, was complaining about the factory being an albatross on the neck of government. How could this uh, factory become an albatross? Does it mean that you don't have any plans? Does it mean that you, 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 you don't have any focus? Because well, there's so, a factory so, so, that the, the, the government that talks about yeah. 1D1F. Mm-hmm. And with the 1D1F, if you come in the factory, within the commander, yeah. commander Edna Eguafo alone, we had a sugar factory and fish processing uh, plants. You abandon all uh, these two projects and rather trying to revive or support some individuals. And these individual uh, companies, they are crying. Okay, just hold on for us because, uh, you know, we've also been doing uh, further checks uh, at, at this very facility. Um, feature said that Jojo Kobner has been there. Let, let's just watch excerpts of that report and then we, we get more reaction. This is the factory that is supposed to be producing sugar in the country. But it has been idle for five years. The roof is rusty and worn out. Before we get into the details of the current state of the factory, let's trace how Ghana found itself in this situation. It may sound basic, but Ghana had a dream to start producing sugar locally. Hence the rebirth of the Commander Sugar Factory. The old factory built in 1964 became defunct about 30 years ago. A loan of $36.5 million was invested into the factory. Resuming operations at the factory was a perfect opportunity to do things right this time around and cut down on Ghana's importation of sugar. So as I speak, every single cube of sugar, every single grain of sugar that we eat here in Ghana is imported from outside. Commander is going to change that. It is my honor and my pleasure to declare the Commander Sugar Factory duly inaugurated. Excitement created a commissioning of the Sugar Factory in 2016. The inauguration of the Commander Sugar Factory will provide jobs. It is estimated that in full production, this project will provide direct and indirect jobs to an estimated 7,300 people. Unfortunately, the facility shut down in July 2016 because of inadequate sugarcane. It was due to reopening in October 2016, but never did to date. Since then, there have been a flurry of promises to get the factory running. Because the amount of land we need for the sugar, the type of sugar we can grow here, all those things were not properly organized. I think they also organized it. But it took two years before the government announced a new investor for the sugar factory. 
all the fact this factory like any other factory will keep on needing ongoing investment ongoing you know retooling and if that is done then definitely it will keep running and it will bounce back when are you starting work uh, we are waiting for the final agreements to happen after that we'll start working it is past the second week of august and a commercial sugar factory remains closed currently the facility is in terrible shape a comparison of the factory in 2016 and 2021 shows the factory is deteriorating. There sits the Commander Sugar Factory in its rusted glory. It has been abandoned for so many years, it is not producing sugar. And there are so many youth in the community needing jobs and they have none. The plates and rigs that would carry the sugarcane for crushing have rusted. The new investor would have to spend more money to re-revive a new factory that was shut down just months after commissioning. A journey to the roof with a drone reveals further deterioration. Parts of the roof are rusted, worn out and torn. The roof is riddled with holes and with the onset of the rains it is obvious the rains seep into the factory. A group calling itself Concerned Citizens of Commenda is upset. Their convener, Samuel Awuja, is dismayed. I quite remember about the last two years, uh, the trade minister, Honorable Ahunkalinsi, said um, the tradition area should look for land. We've been able to, we've been able to secure about 3,500 acres of land. And that is even far beyond uh, the expected 2,000. So as for the land we already have, it's now left to the government to come and operationalize. So anybody who talks about sugarcane and land issue, uh, it's a non-starter. They shouldn't even go there because uh, uh, they are, we have land available and then the sugar plantation was also done. You know, it takes six months for the sugarcane to be right for the factory. When the government came in, it's been five years. The land reserved for the cultivation of sugarcane around the factory has been left fallow. And along the beaches of Komendal are people yearning to be employed once the factory is reopened. Joseph Shen is unemployed. His friends who could not stand the pressures of unemployment have migrated to Accra in other parts of the country, hoping to get non-existent jobs. Sharing their disillusionment and absolute displeasure, the residents pleaded with the president to fulfill his promises. Commander, 
Demia may I listen? Why are you one casa? I'm a fix your sugar factory man. Nay, rules. Now, now we don't, we are, we are doubting them so much and we don't believe them. The fact is that uh, for a first term of office, four years, and a second term of office, all this was strategic investor. It is given to strategic investor. At least, of course, we are young guys here and such promises have been coming and gone and we are not seeing anything. So for now, we don't, we, we don't trust them. Sugarcane farmers are also disappointed. The secretary of the Sugarcane Farmers Association, Azekwaku, says his members are now frustrated because they have to give all the harvested sugarcane to aquatic distillers at heavily discounted prices. This is because the supply of sugarcane is more than the current demand. Okay, uh, except of what, um, of course, features uh, that uh, Jojo Kovna put together. Uh, I still have uh, the MP for the area, Samuel Tamils, uh, also um, Yusuf Suleiman, who's a ra- deputy ranking on the Trade and Industry Committee, joining us, uh, as well as uh, Vani, uh, Vani, who uh, was the former board member of the Commander Sugar Factory. And Vani, you were just uh, indicating to us now that the sandblasting and some of these processes we've seen uh, the government undertake cost the states over $10 million. Well, $11 million. 11 Yes. And yet the factory is not back. Exactly. They, they, they took $11 million, and my checks from the, uh, from the parliament mm-hmm. means that they, even the Ministry of Trade, uh, the Committee on Trade, Industry, and Tourism is not aware of this, uh, the price I'm quoting today. Because, you know, when the minister went to the floor of parliament about answering the question from Honorable Yusuf Suleimana, mm-hmm. he was asked about the amount they spent mm-hmm. on the factory because he was saying that they've done some retooling and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you talk about retooling, there was not even motto. Motto. Did he add change. anything to the factory? What they only did was that they have uh, added silos. Those silos, because you know, the factory was originally uh, designed to do end-to-end production. Okay. That's put a cane to the cane yard mill the cane, and the end product, you get a white sugar, white sulfurless sugar. Yeah. So there is no way you can import raw sugar and refine at Commander. So because their agenda is to import raw sugar, as the, uh, the MC indicated, so they build some silos at the refinery so that those silos could uh, hold the, yes, hold the uh, raw sugar mm-hmm. so that they can refine. That is the additional something that they've done. And because of the raw sugar, they also trying to construct another warehouse. That warehouse is still on the uh, foundation stage. So that that warehouse, they will store the raw sugar, which will be imported onto that. Then when they refine, the existing uh, warehouse will store the refined sugar. That's what they okay, done. So, so this is part of government's plan, I, I believe, just to try and uh, make it operational. But, it, but yet all of this but it, it's uh, has, just not, a hoax. has not it's come, a hoax. come to fruition, yeah, I'm not trying as you're pointing to... out. Uh, we haven't seen, as of now, if you're saying it's a hoax. Oh, yeah, uh, it is. We haven't it seen is. Apple because as of now. But that's not the <laughs> first time they, they, they <laughs> promised the well, 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 your description of, of this They've given me a yeah. series of promises. They've mm. given me a series of promises. That. And they keep failing on the promises. Because as I told you, on the 3rd of September, the president said that by the end of 2022, he's going to uh, commission it on a grand style. And that that grand style has never happened. Uh, Honorable Yusuf Suleiman, the point about, you know, the further expenditure we're making on this factory, even though it's not operational, how do we get get government, uh, you know, and and the ministry especially to account for what's happening? That is the major issue that some of us are battling with. And that was why I brought the new minister the floor of parliament to tell us how much it has cost them 
to retool the Commander Sugar Factory. Unfortunately, the whole minister could not tell us how much was spent on the project. You know, these people, they are out of ideas when it comes to the Commander Sugar Factory. Indeed, the minister uh, had a private conversation with him, and it seems to me that uh, they will need some kind of uh, uh, intervention in terms of ideas. Clearly, the project is a good project. Clearly, His Excellency, the former president, had done what was supposed to be done. They came and they ran the place down. Now, you ask them questions, they are running away. You don't believe it. The minister was telling me that I have just come, and the way you are asking me questions, it's my responsibility to ensure that you account the good people of this country, whatever penny that you've taken. Now, they have taken loans, and they have involved a foreign company without coming to parliament for approval. That is wrong. They accused the John Mahama administration of not coming to parliament to seek approval before engaging uh, the company called uh, Ceftec. They have gone to do West. And so for me, uh, it's a very serious issue. And uh, we will continue to ask them to account to the good people of this country. And then I can tell you that the good people of that area are whether they have failed them. And that come 2024, they will boot them out. And then His Excellency John Draman Mahama will come with the ideas that he has for the company and for the factory, and then to continue with it. I think for me, that is the way forward. I can assure you that Nanado and all his ministers have run out of ideas. And that was why the minister said that it has become an albatross around their neck. The president, you heard him clearly, he said that certain things were not done well and that they were going to do them well. Almost seven years down the line, you've not been able to do them well. When again are you going to do them well? So clearly for me, it's a total failure. And I can assure you that the NDC government will ensure that people are held responsible. They have caused so much loss to the states. And that is an area we must also look at. You cannot commission um, an investigation into a project. You have paid money for it. They give you recommendations and you sell those recommendations. And so the project, and for that matter, the factory deteriorated the more. We don't do that. If it was Alan Germantin's money, if it was now Kupado's money, would they have allowed the project to deteriorate the way it deteriorated? Clearly no. And now the new minister has come, and he has no ideas at all as to the way forward. So clearly um, the people are waiting for John Germantin Mahama to come and continue from where uh, he ended. Yes, of course. Uh, well, Honorable Samuel, if, if the decision is made by government that at least in the in- interim uh, we use the factory to process uh, the already imported sugar at the raw stage, is that something at least you would, you would accept or welcome, knowing that uh, it's, a, it's a better option? Is that something you would welcome? No, it's not a better option. Do you know how expensive it is to import the raw sugar and process it here? If that will provide jobs for my people in Commander Edna Iguafu Abram, that will be all well and good. But the purpose of this factory was to produce sugar here and to provide jobs. 
Now, let me ask you this. NPP people will tell you that we didn't have the raw materials. That takes six months to eight months to mature. That is the sugar cane. We have given them seven years. Sugar that takes six to eight months to mature. We have given you seven years. Why haven't you produced the raw materials? If we didn't do it, seven years you can provide the raw materials. We have the land over there. People are ready to go and work on the farms. Give them some tractors and everything else, the kind of the $25 million uh, facility that was to help some farmers to produce these things. Let them go and work. We'll produce the sugar needed for this factory. MPP, you said we didn't provide sugar. Uh, we didn't provide raw materials. We gave you seven years, and you can't even claim one stick of sugar cane. The president, I may give him a little bit of a pass because he really doesn't know what he's talking about, and he wasn't briefed properly. And those who briefed him should be very, very, very ashamed of trying to tell this man that we didn't do things right and that he was going to inaugurate it. Where are those people who advised him? And any other president would have fired these people for pushing him to the front line to go and disgrace himself and give so many promises and not fulfill it. We, the good people of Comenda, Edna, Eguafu, Abrim, we are waiting for this factory to be operationalized. But you know another disgraceful thing? Go to Commander Sugar Factory. They've put up a big sign out there, and it's part of one district, one factory. Ha, ha, ha. I see. Interesting times ahead. I'm grateful, Samuel uh, Atamel Susempi, for uh, the Commander area, and also to uh, Yusif Sulemana for helping us do the discussion. Uh, Vani, your final words as we wrap up? Yeah, you know, as I will sign up, what I will tell the people of Ghana and the commander people is that, you know, the government does not have any uh, agenda to ensure that this factory runs. It's all about ranting, 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 and keep promising. So it's better they advise themselves or the people of commander and not go for a brim. And, you know, as the pres- uh, an MP was talking about the signpost, the 1D1F, that is why they took the loan from... Uh, Prudential Bank and the guys of 1D1F to support the Commander Sugar Factory to operation. And you know what? Prudential Bank is chasing the company. They want to, the company to repay the money, the $11 million that they've taken from them. So I would uh, ask the government that they should do things properly so that Ghana will have some uh, hope. Because what they want to do by importing raw sugar, it means that they cut off mm. the job that we created for the agro outgrowers. So over over 7,000 jobs will be lost because for refining sugar, you don't need even 500 people to work from administration and everything. So let us walk the talk if indeed they really want this factory to run. That is all what I would say. Good. Thank you. We're taking a break here on the polls. When we get back, we'll give you some more stories. Please stay.
It's the Premier League, all on DSTV. All the goals, clashes and moments. All of Rashford, Salah and Saka. This start is getting better and better. All in the language of your choice, all in HD. Available on all these bouquets to choose from, to watch on all these devices. Get DSTV with an HD decoder plus one month compact for 299 CDs. It's the Premier League, all on DSTV. Welcome to Tema, the industrial gem of Ghana. Attention all dreamers, investors and home seekers. Mark your calendar for the next clinic of the Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair. Imagine waking up to stunning waterfront views, basking in the warmth of sun and embracing the comfort of a home perfectly tailored to your needs. Discover a range of housing options that cater to every budget and lifestyle. From sleek contemporary designs to elegant traditional architecture, the Ecoban Join Use Habitat Fair has it all. But wait, there's more. This fair isn't just about buying a home. It's also about enhancing the spaces we live in. Get financial solutions to acquire furniture for that beautiful home, electronic devices, and more. Our dedicated team of real estate experts and banking partners are here to guide you every step of the way, making your journey to home ownership smooth and stress-free. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to make your dreams come true. Join us at the Tema edition of the Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair, where possibilities are limitless. The Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair 2023 is powered by the Plant City Extension Projects from Cities and Habitats and sponsored by... I came home earlier than I normally would that fateful Monday after work. And to my surprise, I saw my husband and my mother having sex in our living room. I had always suspected my wife. I felt she had something doing with my little brother. And I walked into a room one day, and there they were, making out. And this is my blood brother. A husband who is a banker will not have sex with me because I denied him my earnest. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved. And every problem has a solution. Daddy, daddy, oh. 
tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastro, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the... Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store all the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Hello there. To provide timely information and to explain educational reforms and to discuss school models and interventions, the Ministry of Education in partnership with the Teacher Education Journal presents to you the first ever education TV talk show, The Edu Talk Show. The Edu Talk Show keeps you informed and updated on trends in the world of education. The Ghanaian teacher is so versatile. Provide him the opportunity, train him, and that teacher will perform wonders. Where are the women? They are doing very well academically, but they're not in the sciences and all of that. So technology is missing a lot more women that they could have had. You need to tell the parents, at the moment, what you are getting is, is covering only an aspect of your child's education. And therefore, it's very difficult for you to make any decision with the limited information you have. We still have more to do mm. when it comes to safe school. Mm. So join us as we speak to our guests on reforms taking place in Ghana's education sector. My name is Blessed Soga, and I am your host.
You're welcome back. Uh, MP for Dominique Kwame Sarah Joseph is uh, apologizing to President Akufado and the new patriotic party for uh, the controversies she sparked during her extended absence from parliamentary duties. In a video posted on Facebook, the former gender minister uh, acknowledged that the negative actions she exhibited, exhibited during the uh, time uh, were actually, uh, of course, a situation that affected the party and expressed regret. Uh, she also explained that the emotions uh, uh, were fueled by the complex personal challenges she was facing in her private life. I wish to perfect my sincere apology to His Excellency the President Nana Adudangwa Ekufuado, the Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, the Chief of Staff Honorable Frema Osei Opari, the Majority Leader and the entire leadership of Parliament, my colleague members of Parliament, the entire Majority Caucus, the leadership of our great party, the National Chairman and the General Secretary, together with all your executives, the regional executives of Greater Accra, the constituency executives of Domekwa Abinya, led by Chairman Bosu, all police station executives. I wish to state that I'm sincerely sorry. I apologize for my actions and inactions. None of my actions were intentional, deliberate, or calculated to bring disrepute to our great party. I was going through a lot as a mother and as a woman. I want to take this opportunity to ask for your forgiveness for anything untoward that I have done to bring the name of the party into disrepute. As the saying goes, to err is human and to forgive is divine. I ask for your forgiveness. going through a lot as a woman and also Martha's facing her private life. Uh, let's cross over now uh, to the Domokovina constituency. Uh, joining us now is Samuel Mbura, who's uh, live in the constituency, also interacting with uh, those who are party members and reacting to this uh, latest apology that we are receiving from Sarah Adjoa-Safu. Samuel Mbura, bring us up to speed with what's happening in the constituency. So initially there was supposed to be an interview, we scheduled an interview with her and her team. Uh, that was supposed to be around 3 p.m. However, new developments have led to the postponement of that interview. I've been told she has equally important uh, assignment elsewhere. She's currently in the crucial meeting. As to the details of that meeting, that we don't know yet. But that's why we are unable to bring that live interview with uh, Sarah Joasafo. But since we came to the constituency here, there, there have been a lot of mixed reactions from her constituents. Uh, we floated the question as to uh, whether they were aware that their MP Sarah Juasa was in the constituency or in the country. Some said they were not aware, some said they were aware, and then I followed up by asking them whether they were also in the known that um, their MP has rendered an apology uh, to them for whether I mean for all that she has done to them. And what they told me was that. Uh, they don't know what they have done to their MP. Uh, they don't know what their MP has also done to them. But if she comes to apologize, yes, they accept her apology. However, if it is her intention to come back and contest the seat, then they are not ready to support her bid. Uh, when we came, we met the constituency secretary of the MPP, uh, Mr. Tioflos and Salabi, and then he gave a strong message that uh, they are sick and tired of Madame Adjoa Safo. 
uh, she cannot hold the constituency to ransom with her actions. She, they think that it is a, 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 a comeback tactic that has been adopted by Madam Ajua Safu just to um, gain the sympathy of the people with this uh, message. But they, as constituency executives, they have not been consulted. They just saw the video uh, on the social media and then they are yet to respond to her or she's yet to meet them. But they have already made up their minds that they wouldn't put her up for the contest to represent the MPP in the Dom Kobinia uh, constituency here. Some residents have also been reacting, as I said earlier. Uh, some say, well, they've not done anything to her, but if she realizes that she has faulted, they'll forgive her and give her the needed support. So it has been a mixed reaction from the constituency here where Mara, uh, Madam Adjasafo is the MP uh, for the area. Colleague uh, Samuel Abura, who's uh, still monitoring events for us uh, and will be getting uh, the very latest in our subsequent bulletins. But that's all we have for you in this package of the polls. I'm blessed to log on to myjoyonline.com. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.